Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are watching a master at work. Welcome to NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, and I'm here with Wes Johnson out on the west side, California. And we write for FranchiseTag.com. Tonight is going to be one of the most topsy-turvy and exciting shows that we have had in our our young program here uh, because it's free agency week. It's St. Patrick's Day, and it's day three of this opening period of free agency, and some of the deals are solidifying, and we've had a a flurry of them for the last 72 hours. So we're going to jump into all of them um, seemingly at random and go over our analysis and thoughts of some of the biggies. First, we're going to talk about uh, betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to all of the madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at BetOnline. Uh, it's the spot to be for all of your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile advice to sign up today and receive 50% uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So Monday was the beginning of legal tampering, and tampering it was indeed. Uh, I think we had some questions, our recollections were can they really announce deals on the first day? And you and I were like, I'm not sure. Well, they can. They did. Then it got started about 10 a.m. And they went roughshod and all over the place, new deals. And we had just by happenstance, a perfect time to record this show, St. Patrick's Day night. I call that out because I'm Irish. And uh, we have all these cool things to discuss. And we're, we're just not going to be any sort of order. So if we forget your favorite team and favorite player, we apologize. But uh, this is just going to be rough and tumble, rapid fire, free agent analysis. First one I got and put you on the spot like I always do, homie, is Trent Williams, six years, about $140 million. Um, Good for him. But he's 33 and I know verifiably that offensive linemen can play, you know, well into their thirties, but this seems like a lot of money for a 33 year old is that, and this is on your side of town in San Francisco. Uh, right. What say you on Trent Williams? Uh, yeah, it's a massive deal for a massive guy. Uh, I think it was David Bakhtiari. Uh, didn't he recently sign one with the Packers? Yeah, I think their average and annual salary is like identical. Yeah, it, it trumps his salary by I think uh, uh, ten thousand, which he tweeted out uh, shortly after. It was like, you know, nice move, uh, kind of you know ribbing him a little bit. But yeah, um, there's something to be said for that. On my other show with Bryant McKinney, uh, when he was a rookie, he held out uh, because the guy who was chosen directly beneath him at number seven or something. Yeah. Um, made a little bit more than him and McKinney and his agent just wanted a penny more out of respect. And they held out up until like five games through his rookie year. So yeah. there is method to that madness where the agents or the players like that gainsmanship of saying like, nah, bro, you got to give me one more dollar here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do think it's a long deal for, for his age, you know, that puts him at what age 39 at the end of the deal. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, what? 
Yeah, it's like Albert Pujols. You know, when he got his uh, Godfather deal, uh, that was in 2012. I remember where I was. I was actually in tr treatment for alcoholism, believe it or not, uh, when that went down. And I was thinking, all right, so he's going to play until he's 42 and he's going to be making 40 million. That So this uh, this has those vibes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, along with him, kind of a, a footnote to everything was, uh, Alex Mack, he came over from Atlanta. He reunites with Shanahan. Uh, I think it was a $5 million one, uh, one year deal. So I'm, you know, when accounting that into everything, it, they shore up, uh, their line for the foreseeable future anyway. And Mack, at least for a period of time, maybe even now is one of the best in the business. I can recall power rankings and stuff like that, even Madden rankings where he was the best center in the game at some point. Is that still the case or is he like top 10 now? He's probably top 10. Okay. I think if he was, you know, top five, Atlanta would do what they can to retain him. Yeah. But, yeah. In, in that same vein, um, how much of a hit does the Green Bay Packers line take because Corey Lindsley took the trip to Hollywood? Uh, we'll see. I, I think it does take a hit. Uh I believe they dealt with some injuries heading into the playoffs and it was kind of evident that Rogers wound up running for his life. And uh, so the, the backups they have in place aren't that great. Uh, yeah. Obviously, um, you know, we were talking about before the show, the current guard market and even tackle market is still pretty flush with talent. So uh, yeah. we'll probably see as this may, this first wave, um, settles down a little bit you'll see the second or third wave where players sign for a more team-friendly deal usually it'll probably be one-year deal so that they can hopefully cash in next summer when the cap rises yeah um, so yeah we'll see that needs to be mentioned um I, I was assured that we would get to this when i was driving home from uh, work today so the patriots made all the splashes they signed what eight dudes to premium dollar which is cool like you know belichick is finally spending money you know when brady's out the door now we're spending the money go figure um so that's exciting and we'll write about it on franchisetag.com which is finally live go check it out and so if you're a patriot fan you're excited and you should be um however this like i've always perceived free agent contracts as lifetime achievement deals in the nba and the nfl so what you've done to that date you're basically getting rewarded and hopefully maybe you'll be that good in the, in the next two or three years right so there is a lot of risk by playing paying top dollar in the first two or three days of this cycle uh, because you really are just you know buying sticker like driving the new car off the lot in terms of uh, a value analogy um, so some of the steals of this offseason will be found on Thursday, Friday, and thereafter for the dudes that didn't quite go for the premium dollar. So Patriots, all the power to them, and they'll probably be back and they'll contend with the bills for the division. But it's not necessarily ironclad that if you spend money, that's going to work. Right, right. Uh, I just counted the Patriots had 14 transactions uh, that's including free agent signings, uh, re-signing some of their own players and trades, um, you know, since free agency opened. Um, a lot of it will hinge on how, um, how or I guess what Cam Newton we're, we're going to get. If we get yeah. MVP Cam Newton, watch out for the Patriots. Uh, e even if he's serviceable, I, I think the Patriots can um, make some noise. Uh 
they signed the top two tight ends on the market, uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Smith and uh, Hunter Henry. Yeah, fantasy hell. Yeah, fantasy. <laughs> and what's surprising about that too is last year's draft, they traded up twice uh, to draft tight ends in the third round, I believe. So they, yeah. they drafted two tight ends in the third round last year. Apparently that didn't work out and they're scrapping that plan and, and tossing, you know, bags of money at the top two tight ends on the market. With, uh, with Newton, he is probably fairest way to title him as a good to decent quarterback. Um, now he was excellent in 2015 and then tailed off a little bit. And then because he runs the ball so much, it, it caught up to him. And so he was chronically hurt for the last couple of years. And then this season, you know, whatever he touchdown passes or whatever it was, well, I've never been able to understand this about him. And you know that I do all the numbers yeah. just for fun. Yeah. It's the geek stuff. Um, for the way that he was sold to us and what we know that he has in his arm for the cannon, you know, we were, when, whether it was two or three years ago, whenever you discussed the best arms in the NFL who could throw the ball at first, it's always Cam Newton's cannon. But he's not a very good deep passer. The, in the numbers, it doesn't flush out. He, he might have, you know, this rocket launcher on his bicep, but he's never been a deep ball aficionado like Mahomes obviously is, uh, Rodgers is. Um, so I've never been able to quite reconcile that is that people perceive him as this deep ball, big savant, but he's not, he's not very accurate downfield. Am I missing right, something? Right. No, no. I, I think you're right on, right on the money. Not quite like a proverbial dink and dunk guy, but a lot of his success comes underneath. And I think the Patriots realize that because Belichick is a genius. So let's maximize, let's build around what he, his potential, uh, you know, as a 30 something and then let's get, Janu Smith and Hunter Andrew, which is awesome. I think it will work. And they got uh, Nelson Aguilar on a yep. Was it thirteen million a year, something like that? I think so. And then also uh, Kendrick Bourne yeah. uh, came over from San Francisco. They basically surrounded Newton with everything they should have given Brady last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like they they realized it way too late. And, and I, I have to believe that Belichick is just frustrated undercover that uh his golden boy got a ring and he didn't and this is the empire strikes back oh absolutely and by the way they got joe thune or wait no they they got rid of joe thune who went to the chiefs uh right. but they, before this even started they got that dude from the raiders that we talked about last week yes the the tackle uh trent brown. trent brown trent brown yeah so so yeah they're gonna be back and i think last week i said maybe 10 and six that probably spikes to 11 and five at a ceiling and then they'll be back in the mix. Uh, but yeah, I think the takeaway is if you're a Patriots fan, then um, you should be hella excited. Uh, who's your next free agent you want to spitball here? Ooh, uh, free agent. Well, let's talk about the other uh, bomb that dropped uh, before the show. Uh, yeah. Patrick Peterson. Oh yeah. Came out of nowhere, signed a $10 million deal with uh, Minnesota, provide some veteran leadership. Uh, coming over from Arizona, uh, that was kind of out of the blue. Uh, not a lot of uh, fanfare in terms of hearing anything about deals for him happening. And then all of a sudden we have this bomb dropped on us. Um, let me see. It was a bomb. And I, looking back, because uh, we're admitted fans of the Vikings that try to keep a neutral on this show, like I'm trying to figure out why nobody talked about him. Because in years prior, um, 
he has been linked to somebody the Vikings might get, uh, you know, when, whether he wanted, he was going to ask for a trade or something. Uh, I've never understood why he'd be linked to the Vikings. I'm certainly okay with it. Uh, a funny story is I go to all the Vikings games um, in Minneapolis. And when Peterson came back, uh, let's see, was it with the Cardinals? Yeah. Yeah. What did he play inside? I can't remember if he played inside that building with anyhow, for some reason there was a woman with a Peterson Jersey that was half Cardinals, half Vikings because uh, they, they shared, they shared the number and the last name. And I never understood why that lady had that made, uh, but it came to mind just now. So Peterson yeah. uh, will in undoubtedly be an asset to the Vikings. Uh, if only to be a mentor to their young cornerbacks, uh, Peterson has been a pro bowler every year since 2011 outside of 2019 and 2020. So there is a possibility that he's starting a decline. Uh, if you're a believer in pro football focus, he wasn't very good last year. Uh, but I believe that's because they often put him on uh, the WR one of the opposing team and right. we shall see. But do you uh, believe that with Mike Zimmer in that defense, that he will indeed come back to form or do you think that it's more of a thing that we look back a year from now and saying like, yeah, he did okay. And now he'll go play elsewhere. Yeah. I'm, I, I think what they're paying him for uh, partially is his experience. Uh, you know, the Vikings defensive back core is two or three year vets at that. Yeah. Peterson in there is, is going to be helpful to, getting those guys better acclimated um, to certain situations. I, I still think he'll have enough in the tank to provide uh, a positive note. Um, Zimmer definitely knows how to get the most out of his defensive backs. You look at um, uh, Jesus, just escaped, but uh, Terrence, Terrence Newman, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played until he was 38, 39. So yeah. Yeah. And the thing about Peterson is that uh, because his performance has dipped compared to what it was at his all pro peak, I think he was three time all pro is that we think, oh yeah, he's old. So let's see. He's got left tank. He's, he's 30. I mean, come on. So it's not like uh, the Terrence New Newman analogy is a very apt and it shows that indeed Zimmer, if he's going to be the coach for 10 more years or anybody can get a lot more out of Peterson. Uh, but this notion that Peterson is old and hopefully has some left in the tank, let's it's, it's, it's overblown. Richard Sherman has shown that, you know, he can play at a high level. I got Sherman 2019 was like one of the top cornerbacks in the league, if not the top at her least. Right. Focus. So there is a lot left for Peterson to do. And I think with a, a defensive back laden head coach like Zimmer, um, I think he'll be fine. What about staying on the same side of the ball, like uh, Bud Dupree going to Tennessee? Where does that leave the Steelers? And what, how much does that enhance the Titans? Because they thought Clowney would do it. That didn't work. But now they've got, uh, you know, a 28-year-old Dupree. Yeah, and I, I believe Dupree's coming off of an injury. Um, I don't know if it was knee or if it was Achilles. Um, obviously, when healthy, he was a budding young star. Uh, when he went down, Pittsburgh's team took a step back. Uh, yeah. I believe that was close to that week 11, um, Pittsburgh being 11-0 and last year, and then yeah. the wheel completely falling off afterwards. So, uh, you they know, looked, he, They looked so good in that first two and a half months. I was yeah. telling my wife, I was like, I think, I think this is the team that can stifle the Chiefs because they had the edge rushers to do it. And, you know, Tomlin's always going to put a product on the field that's upper echelon, especially defensively. 
And then it was like, everybody was right. Everybody said, look at their schedule. It's fool's gold. And I was wrong. I thought, yeah, I think they can do it. And then I don't know if it was all Dupree. It was probably a lot of that, but they really just became, you know, just lukewarm after that. Right. So you think Dupree can help them get them bet? So that, that tandem of Dupree and the other Watt should be pretty uh, sexy on, you know, and give offensive coordinators fits, right? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously in Tennessee, um, he, he goes with Mike Vrabel, head coach, who uh, should be able to deploy a, you know, a sound defense, probably similar somewhat to what the Patriots and Bill uh, Belichick have been running. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to continue to pick your brain. Um, there's some, some biggies that we have to get to that we'd be remiss if we didn't. Um, so Russell Wilson, that trade talk has stalled. I think the Seahawks probably realized that <laughs> what are we doing here, fellas? Uh, do we really want to get rid of a top two quarterback in the league and then eat a cap hit, you know, of a third of a hundred million dollars. So I think that's cool. But the, the part that is, uh, strange is the Bears who missed out on the sweepstakes. I think they offered three first rounders, a second rounder, and a couple players. I don't know who that would have been. Um, they were told no, and I think that must have been their their bottom dollar was, or I guess their high dollar was that uh, three first rounders and change, if you want to call it that. So they're right. stuck with Andy Dalton, and I am no fan of the Bears, uh, but I do feel like the narrative about it being hilarious that they didn't get Wilson. Uh, and I wrote about this on FranchiseTag.com. I think it's a little bit unfair because they did what every team did outside of maybe the Chiefs. Well, definitely the Chiefs and maybe some of the Chargers who's already got their future planned out. Like they shot their shot. They didn't make it. And now it's on to plan B, which happens to be Andy Dalton, who is a very average quarterback at this period in his career. But we don't know the rest of the story. I mean, they could be gearing up to trade up for Justin Fields and uh, if I cared about the bears, which I don't, I, I would feel a little sorrow for them because for the first time in my lifetime, they were on tap to, you know, get a showstopper quarterback. It didn't work out. And now they're stuck with a, you know, curmudgeon in, in Dalton. Uh, but I think they get a, a raw deal because what else are they supposed to do? Like, would you, would you trade five first rounders for Russell Wilson? Uh, if, if I could space them out. Yeah, <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> I, I wouldn't do consecutive. I'd do maybe the first two or three years consecutive, consecutive, and then maybe skip a year. But yeah. um, so you're once, gonna do like an Anthony Davis deal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I know you're with this. But what's interesting about that? So they made their pitch for Russell Wilson. They swung and they missed, and I I, I have to say that they panicked in yeah. a way by signing Dalton. Um, you go to last year's offseason, Andy Dalton was a free agent. They could have yep. signed him. What mm -hmm. did they do instead? They traded a mid-round pick for Nick Folk or Nick, uh, Nick Foles. <laughs> Might as well have been Nick Folk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who has like he has a, a gig gigantic contract of his own. Mm -hmm. And so now you're paying <laughs> two like lukewarm quarterbacks, um, you know, ten plus million dollars each to to suck yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the only hope the only hope you can have and i wrote about this too uh, on the franchise tagged article is that you have one of those magical times where the defense for the bears which it can be rip you know rip roaring defense that's usually their mo they don't do quarterbacks but they for damn sure do defense 
if you have one of those magical years where it clicks, where they only give up, you know, 13 points a game, and then Dalton is good and throws 25 touchdowns, maybe 12 interceptions, and that's good enough. But most teams don't hitch their wagon to that type of maybe these days. Normally, you go into it with a quarterback that you are pretty certain can throw about 30 touchdowns, and then you have a decent defense and then so forth. Uh, but with this model, you're banking everything on defense, a coach that's on borrowed time, uh, now a journeyman uh, NFL vet that really wasn't that great to begin with, but he was just good enough to stay in the league. Uh, but I don't know. It just seems that because Wilson's agent said, ah, Chicago too, we'll put them on the list, that they got all excited for nothing. And now they're a laughing stock. when what else are they going to do? They, they did their part. They offered up three firsts and a bunch more and it didn't work out. So yeah, they panicked, but like what's what's the re- what else are they going to do they just stick with when they, we look I, i've said this before on nick yeah. Foles on this show uh i've said this like we're going to look back you know for decades and be like remember that year that he got all good and then he won a super bowl <laughs> and then we'll like yeah and then that one year when he was like uh 23 or 24 when he had 26 touchdowns two interceptions. but he is so bizarre right he's good when he's not supposed to be and when they say okay you're supposed to be good he's not want to interrupt for just a second to talk about our newest sponsor, which is eBay. Um, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, um, find the exact shoes you're looking for on eBay. As for the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop a pair um, that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators, uh, which is a team of experienced sneaker authenticators. They verify the box, the logo, the stitching, etc., and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee uh, tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verification return process. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell and flip your collection. So go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what they probably should have done and what they still might do, um, use that same draft capital to trade up and try and get their guy, they're probably a little gun shy after Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but if you're, if that's what your plan is, why sign Andy Dalton to have, you're going to have three quarterbacks on the roster that you're stuck with. Yeah. There's no doubt that this is more of the same from the bears signing Andy Dalton. When you had the chance maybe to get Wilson is about as bears as it gets. They, right always have a solution at quarterback that is oh, maybe that's every time outside of Cutler that first year or two when he also had that cannon arm like we talked about with Newton um, and but he just was never very excitable or exciting um, but at least they nailed the quarterback position down for was it six years all told um, yeah. but between that and like George Blanda like it's just been ah uh, that's not really an important position we've got a defense and that shit doesn't cut it anymore. It just doesn't. Right. I mean, it does every now and then for the right team, like, uh, you know, Joe Flacco and the Ravens, Dilfer back in the day and Foles three, four years ago. Um, but I think it's unfortunate that they got their hopes up and they were dashed and now they're blamed for it. But hey, yeah. 
Um, the next one topic, and this is severely applicable to free agency, is the ascension of the Arizona Cardinals. So now they got Watt. We reported on that three weeks ago, two weeks ago. No, March 1st was the date because I remember I tweeted what a way to get March cracking. Right. And today, who did they trade for? Rodney Houston. Rodney Houston. Yeah, and he's one of the best in the business in the middle of the offensive line. And then A.J. Green. Uh, they're pairing, pairing him with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and we don't know if Fitzgerald will stick around. Uh, but they are feeling like a team that all they need is Murray to progress like most people think that he will. And then, yep. boom, they in that loaded, loaded division um, are going to you know put their best foot forward. Uh, so the stock is high on them, and I don't know if it'll go back to that Portland Trailblazers analogy that I gave you, where is this just a bunch of assets that aren't going to mix? Uh, but they right. feel like they're it's it's like an arms race, like you described to me a couple weeks ago about the NBA at this time of year. Is it's really four teams that are you know putting putting together nuclear assets to try to win a championship. The Cardinals are doing that in the offseason right now. Do you think it works? We'll see. I, I know we <laughs> talked about it a few weeks ago. The uh, NFC West is loaded. Uh, <laughs> part of the reason why Russell Wilson, you know, uh, was expressing the ownership. He needs help along the offensive line. Uh, they actually made a trade today for uh, Gabe Jackson from the Raiders. Uh, okay. for the offensive line, uh, which should help. But um, I, I still think in terms of pecking order in that division, um, I mean, the Cardinals are right there with, with all these additions. So long as it, it meshes somehow um, you got the Cardinals, uh, San Francisco's retooling. They'll be healthy. They had numerous players on uh, IR or on the COVID list last year. Yeah. You know, and then you have the Rams who. Uh, yeah, they're all in too. Yeah. They don't, they don't ever draft any first rounders, but damn nope. it, they're all, they're all in. <laughs> Um, so the other interesting point about the Cardinals is the grace period is over. They, uh, they can no longer be the lovable team that barely misses the playoffs. Um, Murray will be in year three, right? Yep. Yep. And, you know, DeAndre making 27 million average per year. And now Watt with the, the last four or five years of his career, um, they don't have any more excuses if they come out and are underwhelming. Um, not saying they need to evaluate – Kingsbury's leadership or you know coaching tenure but I think the the days of saying look out for the Cardinals as this up-and-comer are done they've arrived they've got all the talent there's not any excuses anymore is there anything wrong about that synopsis no no I I think they've done a lot um they'll still need to add a few pieces in the draft but what they have on paper right now looks like a team that should be able to contend Man, yeah, they, uh, it's, it's, if you come from a mindset of on paper and you look at rosters, you'll be hard pressed to find one that is more delectable than them. So, yep, we just have to see the games now and see, see if it plays out because uh, we're giving a lot of excitement and hype to a team that hasn't done much. And that's what concerns me. But it's kind of like the Bills last year when they went and got digs. And with Josh Allen, we were like, God, is he really any good? Uh, because he wasn't very accurate his first two years. I don't care what anybody says. And then, boom, he blossomed. He got, uh, you know, a top, what, five, three wide receiver in digs. And, you know, he took off. So I think the Cardinals are in that spot. It's just not 
easy to make that jump to 13 and three uh, like the Bills did. Let's get back into some of the players that have signed and then uh, we'll spend the last minutes of the show talking about players that are still out there. Um, what's another big one? Yannick Ngakwe, who's been all of a sudden this journeyman over yep. the last, uh, since late August, he was, he was a Jaguar and then he was disgruntled there. They sent him to the Vikings. He didn't work out. Um, and then he went to the Ravens, kind of, sort of played, didn't make an impact. They gave the Vikings a third rounder, and now he's out in Las Vegas. Is he a player that is going to finally re-solidify in a spot, um, or is he just kind of an incomplete player that all he really does is rush the passer? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, just looking at – Las Vegas' signings, they have Ngakwe. They re-signed Jonathan Hankins. Um, Quentin Jefferson signed with them, uh, defensive tackle. And Solomon Thomas, uh, another defensive line piece. So it looks like they really retooled their defensive line. Um, You know, we'll see how the pieces work. I I know they drafted a, a few defensive ends over the course of the last two or three years as well. Um. You know, the more bodies you have up front, we saw with San Francisco, they were able to just, you know, roll fresh bodies in there and create havoc. So um, we'll see what happens with Las Vegas. Do you, do you trust Gruden and Mayock? I mean, you're a West Sider. Do you trust that combination? Uh, no. <laughs> I. That's fine. I, I like some of their analysis, and it, it looks like Gruden's finally got – to Carr, uh, Carr had a revitalized career last year, so I mean that, that's positive. Um, they've kind of completely decimated their uh, once strong offensive line. Um, yeah, weird. Yeah, it it's kind of it's they're all over the place. I guess. Yeah, is about yeah it's the same organization that brought in Antonio Brown and then had to get rid of them because of antics and I don't know I I, I've always liked Gruden just because of the facade and I thought he was an insightful uh, commentator and so I guess because they're in the AFC I don't really give a damn if they do good or bad but uh, I just he gets a long leash that maybe in Las Vegas Nevada people are grumbling about is he really the real deal but other coaches around the league would be on a hot seat right now because he has that 10 year deal or whatever he isn't, or at least I don't hear about it. And I follow the sport pretty closely. So it's always strange to me that because he won the Super Bowl, he's got like a, you know, this get out of jail free card when things are, are mediocre on Derek Carr. That's another guy um, that I, as I say, I follow the numbers a lot and I've never been able to understand him. Um, So Kirk Cousins quarterbacks, my favorite team, and there is a lot of uh, naysayers as to his performance in general. So I've always tried to take a step back at Kirk Cousins and be like, what am I missing? Because he looks pretty good to me and the numbers flush out that he's good. And there's like a, a narrative on Cousins that says like, no, he's just pretty mediocre. So I think the way that I feel about Derek Carr is how a lot of people feel about Cousins, because I truly don't know if Derek Carr is money. Um, I've seen him play a lot, and then I always leave the game thinking, yeah, he could be pretty good in the right situation, uh, but I don't know how good he is. And you probably see more of him living on that side of the country. Does he – what do you think, he's top 15? Does he excite you or – No, it uh, doesn't excite me. I mean, th- this last year he, he 
I think proved himself a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I'm right along the lines of you thinking where, you know, he's not that impressive, at least watching the games uh, uh, outside of this past year. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that's confirmed by you because I think he's a good quarterback, um, but I've never understood, God, is he worth the the max contract or close to max that he probably will get wherever that comes from? Probably the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, the next one free agent signing that was intriguing to me was John Johnson. He is a safety that is departing the Rams. And where is he headed? Uh, Cleveland, I believe. Cleveland, yeah. So they're, they're another team that's all of a sudden a sexy place to go is the land. Uh, right. Used to be the butt of jokes for so long. So an underrated storyline um, by the numbers for 2020 was how damn good the Rams defense was. It's not very often that you can get into a playoff game and you're like, well, Wofford or Goff, who cares? Well, doesn't really matter. It, it, you shouldn't have, it shouldn't, it should be a huge deal to decide between your starting quarterback or a guy most people have never heard of. But right. for the Rams, their defense was so good that it was like, well, Goff is kind of okay. And this backup looked like he could be pretty cool. Uh, but that was all a testament to how good the Rams defense is and you know obviously led by Aaron Donald but now they've lost two pieces you predicted a Brockers move that happened he goes right. to the Lions for some reason and then uh John Johnson is going to the land and how much of a step back will the Rams defense take or is this one where the depth of dudes can just kind of spring up yeah uh, I know they were in a salary cap situation um I think they're still clearing cap but uh, I, I would expect them to take a step back. I mean, having Aaron Donald up front, your defense is always going to be scary. He commands two or three people to yeah. know of his whereabouts at all times. Uh, but again, this is a division that's absolutely loaded. Uh, having Stafford on the other side of the ball, maybe they're you know shifting their focus a little more to a balanced attack. Uh, offensively and defensively. Yeah, um, and it should be a match made in heaven because you have uh, McVay, who everybody considers is, you know, impeccable offensively. That's his, his credo, his offense. And then somehow he had the best defense in the league last year. And so kudos to him for that balance and that brilliance of putting together a unit um, that can be even better defensively when his pet is the offense. Um, but yeah, Stafford should be the missing link. If, if you're in a situation where your QB one and QB two are interchangeable, but the QB one makes a hundred something million, uh, then it's, you know, it's something's right. up and that's probably why he was traded for a King's ransom, um, to Detroit. Uh, and what's Detroit doing while we're on the topic? So are they rebuilding, resetting, doing something in between? What are they trying to do? I, I would say something a little in between. Um, I know they signed, uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, formerly of the Raiders. Yep, and we uh, like him. Yeah, they have Goff. Um, they traded for Brockers. Uh, what's funny about that is uh, Brockers was praising how how good Stafford is or how, how good it is to have a quarterback that knows his way, and now he's going back with Goff. So that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, that, that's one of those moves that I doubt. Well, I don't know how in tune the front offices are with that. I wonder if they uh, even knew about that because it's hilarious that he takes a shot at him before and now he has to go pay the piper. Uh, 
Well, yeah, well, at least we talked about the Lions. It, it felt like we were delving into an NFC West show, which is uh, more than okay. They got a lot of storylines. All right, so let's uh, go to the dudes that are – yeah, go ahead. I got, I got one for you here. Yeah, let's hear uh, it. So this, this is my little curveball. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think has been the surprise team so far in free agency? Um, Let's see. Or surprise winner, I should say. The surprise winner. Um. I won't say the Patriots because that's too trendy. I did not see them breaking the bank like this because Belichick really never does. So that one to me um, was surprising, but I won't use that because that's too easy. I will say uh, my wife hates it when I pronounce like this Washington um, because I don't know how good Fitzpatrick can be or if they plan to draft a quarterback in round one or do Taylor Hinky or some damn thing. Um, but they played well last year and some got into the playoffs by winning a division that was feces. Um, but they did this week. They went and got William Jackson, who was a coveted corner. Uh, where did he come from? The Chargers? Jaguars? Chargers? Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Cincinnati. 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 Okay. And then uh, Curtis Samuel today, who is a weapon that has been unpolished to date by no fault of his own. And I think that not necessarily Washington is going to be a place where, you know, he's a sense of stardom, but I think he can get more tread from the tires because a McLaurin on the other side can yeah. free up some of the coverage for him. Um, and I'm basing all of this on the fact that they looked like they belonged in the playoffs last year with a backup quarterback against the world champions. Right. So it seems that with a competent head coach, um, they have kind of said, the hell with the rebuild and they're doing it without very good quarterback play Alex Smith was a fantabulous story um, but he was just serviceable and Haskins didn't work out so when you strike out on a first round pick like that usually you have to basically write off two years because you have to figure it out and rebuild but now Fitzpatrick's going to go in there and either hold the clipboard for a young guy have a competition with uh, Taylor Heinke um, but I like that they're making moves to be competitive in the NFC East. So outside of the Patriots spending gobs of cash, uh, I like what Washington is doing. Uh, I'm sure you have one holstered. Who's your team that is you're like, Ooh, wow. Uh, might be surprising, but the Houston Texans. Oh, wow. Yeah. I want to hear why on that one. I think they made a lot of moves along the margins. Um, I don't believe they had a, terribly rich cap uh, situation uh they made some trades uh that included pick swaps uh they got marcus cannon from the patriots um they signed tyrod taylor to a one-year deal uh they traded for shaq lawson uh christian kirksey uh he's a tackler yeah they they have probably 15 transactions in this new league year uh, and nobody cares because they're all fixated on the watson stuff exactly yeah exactly yeah the, i had a uh a, a co-worker um that we were talking football before a, a quarterly meeting of our entire organization started uh, and he's like oh and i saw Turad went to texans and, and we joked that you know he's just a patch over guy now with uh, baker mayfield with the browns i think he survived two or three games and then uh, they, Los Angeles stabbed him in the lung with the potion. <laughs> right. He disappeared. Uh, so 
I'm going to guess that if it's not Watson, that's their quarterback, then they're probably going to get one of the top four from this draft. And lo and behold, Terod's going to patch him over. Maybe they'll stab him in the toe this time or something. Uh, poor guy, because Terod Taylor is right in that Andy Dalton realm. Like, he's pretty good. And with, yeah. uh, with an absolutely fabulous defense, he can probably get to the playoffs. Um, so I like that move as a backup and maybe the patch over. Um, but yeah, they've been quietly doing all that stuff. And I didn't even know about the degree of it because frankly, nobody cares. They don't have a good track record of making good moves at all. Right. And they're, if you lived in Texas, you would say they're fixing to trade Sean Watson too. And yeah. then, uh, then hope for the best. Um, so realistically, I think you, on our quarterback episode two or three weeks ago, did you have Drew Locke going to them or did you have Tua? I think I had Tua. Tua. Yeah, I think it's looking like it might be Drew Locke. Um, I did see today uh, John McClain, uh, the Houston beat writer. Yeah, he he covers. No, not that, not that John McClain. I was waiting uh, for it to sink in. <laughs> uh, he covers. Uh, you know, all, all things sports in Houston. Uh, he tweeted out this morning that um, he anticipates a Watson move imminent. Okay. Yeah. So, and he, and he, I think they, uh, the Houston media, were in a believe it when we see it mode. And yeah. then I, I don't know if the, the recent massage story changed things. <laughs> Or uh, you guys can Google that. Uh, I'm not going to get into salacious stuff until some of that stuff's proven. Um, but yeah, so I think the Houston media is starting to come to terms with it in this absolutely devastating stretch of sports um, in Houston for the last year, year and a half. Because uh, we can run, we can run through them again, and it all seemed to start when they uh, lost uh, the Western Conference Finals by missing 27 three pointers in a row. And then their baseball team was lambasted for cheating. And then slowly the baseball team is dispersing that championship team personnel standpoint. And yep. then DeAndre Hopkins was traded. Then their coach was fired because he made a lot of weird general management moves. And then James Harden wanted out. And now the quarterback wants out. It's like uh, I firmly, playfully believe that uh, they made a deal with the devil to win that World Series. And the devil says, okay, well, the rest of your sports are done for a decade. So enjoy. Yes, exactly. It would be it would be ruthless to live in that market. And I used this analogy the last time we we talked about this. Uh, it, it's it's like all of the, the jerseys that the kids in fifth grade buy are now null and void in Houston because it's all of the names. They're gone. Yeah. So you know, and as a dad, if if I was buying my kid all the jerseys and that he inevitably would want Harden. He'd inevitably want Watson. He'd inevitably want Hopkins. And now they're all just garbage. They're, they're nostalgia. There's something you'll frame and talk about, you know, in years to come. Uh, what other free agents before we hop off air, is there any other ones you want to talk about that remain unsigned that we can do the speculation game? Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of value or a lot of big names, I should say on uh, the wide receiver market, uh, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster, T.Y. Hilton, Antonio Brown, all still remain unsigned. Uh, Sammy Watkins can be thrown into that as well. Why is that? Uh, same because kind of with the running back. We, <clears throat> uh, why is that? Uh, we live in, we live in this – Teams are – We live in this era this of – This past heavy – Yeah. So uh, why – 
why are wide receivers the last to go? I, I think what we're finding out is um, the market's probably priced out uh, kind of like the running back market was mm-hmm. over the last few years. Uh, we're seeing a lot of influx of really, really good college wide receivers coming out. Okay. Uh, being able to produce day one, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool, um, Brandon Ayuk, the, those are from, from last year. This year's class is supposed to be just as good, if not better. Jeez. Okay. So the either general managers are putting more trust in rookies or rookies are flat out better. Um, okay. Now on all of that, so, you know, those six big names that are still out there to – to be fed, um, if the Ravens have spent the better part of a year complaining about a wide receiver presence and their solution was to get Des Bryant, so yay. Um, why don't they go hop on Galladay or Juju or maybe they're doing that? We don't know about it. Why wouldn't Galladay, why wouldn't they roll out the red carpet for him? Because he should alone solidify that uh, part of the uh, depth chart at wide receiver. Why is that nobody talking about that? Yeah, I, I really, I can't tell you why. <laughs> yeah, because if they um, want to fix you know, their, maybe they're, go ahead. Yeah, maybe they're just waiting for the market to calm down. Um, you know, Galladay is the top wide receiver on the board. Okay. Um, you know, his asking price might be more than they're willing to pay. Yeah, but it. If you want to stabilize your wide receiver room and give your former MVP a target, then you might have to go ahead and overspend this one time. Um, If you don't believe that Hollywood Brown and Devin Duvernay, uh, those guys can cut it, then you have to either trust that Juju's going to do the almighty and jump from the Steelers to the Ravens. Um, But I, I don't know if I was a fan of the Ravens and they notoriously ask for better wide receivers (laughs) <laughs> then you might want to go get one or, and then maybe, maybe they're waiting for the for a draft. Like you're talking about, maybe that's their grandmaster plan, but I would have thought for sure Galladay to the Ravens would have been something that was palpable. Yeah. The Ravens definitely need a, a big body wide receiver. Des provided a little bit of that um, in his comeback. Mm-hmm. Galladay would definitely provide that, um, you know, a name to watch out for would be Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Um uh, He's a big body wide receiver. Probably is not going to command uh, a whole lot of cap space. Um, has spent a few years with uh, Patrick Mahomes, so yeah. moving over to another, you know, elite mobile quarterback um, might be the move for him. Yeah, he was when he when they traded everything for him. Was it twenty thirteen something like that? He was so good to watch the first year or two. Like I was like he'd yeah. go up and get the ball, and I'd be like. Wow. And it's maybe that's becoming the norm now. So it's, it's less sexy looking back, but he was money until he, you know, wasn't. Uh, but I, I, I can understand back then why they, they traded so much for him. All right. How about you? As we close out the show, I don't know if you have it in front of you, who are the five free agents outside of Galladay uh, to keep an eye on for the next 24 to 72 hours? Next 24 to 72 hours. All right. Um, I would keep an eye on, Galladay, uh, there's been rumors of uh, the New York Giants, and I believe Cincinnati has an offer for him out there. Um, 
watch out for some of the uh, guards or tackles. Um, David Andrews from Patriots, uh, Eric Fisher from the Chiefs, Riley Reef from the Vikings. Um, he might have actually signed. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Dory Jackson, Jadavian Clowney, uh, those guys might move as well. Is Clowney going to – what's his price tag? Is that like 7 mil or is that still 10 mil? He's another one where it's been really quiet. I, I haven't heard yeah. much on him at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, there's a lot of teams that can stand to have a better defensive end, and not long ago that was the cream of the crop for the names. You'd say, we're going to get Clowney. Oh, my goodness. And now yeah. you, now teams of fans will still do that because of the name. Um, but his last – what couple of stents have been just kind of, yeah. Okay. Yep. He's, he's, he'll always be known for that, uh, that college tape of when he just grabbed the football with the palm and said, see ya. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, uh, that's our free agent episode. I'm sure we'll have a lot of fallout um, on the 24th. Um, anything else that we're missing? No, I think that covers it. Uh, Franchise tag.com. Yeah, we, uh, we've been writing for this site and then posting it to a sister site as teaser trailers. And um, our developer finally uh, pressed the button. So boom, there was like 40 articles. And we've got a lot of uh, hungry analysts that are, that are contributing their thoughts. And it's on everything. It's on, we have it grouped out by division. And I uh, have assembled a team of folks that covers each division. And then we're also going to get some uh, interns in who want to break into the business. Uh, so we're excited about that. So FranchiseTag.com, just as it sound uh, sounds, and we will be back in one week. And that's all we got. Peace. Later. You are watching a master at work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.